Hey guys, welcome to a very special episode of Hotline Monday. We're doing it in the morning, uh, kind of early uh, afternoon. It's like noon 30 here, uh, just about 12.30 p.m. Mountain Time. And on the phone, Justin Robert Young, the co-host of this fine podcast, who is on the RNC convention floor. Yes. Well, technically I'm outside the Quicken Loans Arena because the, uh, the sound system in there is a little booming. Turns yeah. out democracy is a little loud when you gather everybody all together. But uh, I had to scamper over here to break a little news for uh, for BitTorrent, yeah. and uh, and now we get to talk about what's important, uh, whether or not Ghostbusters was any good. Yeah, whether Ghostbusters sucked or not. Can I just say this right up front? If people, I don't know why you'd think this, and so I fear, I fear, I fear for the people who feel this way. But if you are worried about being spoiled about a Ghostbusters movie, we're gonna just talk about it openly and freely here. So if you are, have a problem with that, then you probably want to tune out until you've seen the movie. There, but I will say this. That movie is not a... There's nothing to spoil. If you think busting ghosts is spoilery, then I guess not listen. But listen if you want to hear us talk about this thing. I know Justin's got a lot to say about it because, man, you went on a Twitter tear. Yeah, there might have been a few libations in the theater. And uh, I came out a little disappointed and... Uh, I was uh, I was fairly pointed in my in my disappointment. Yeah, and what? So all right. So just to begin this thing, and we're going to take your calls today, everybody, uh, the best we can. Our number here is eight zero one eight nine five four seven two four. If you're watching live, you can see it on the screen. If you're listening some other way, that's how you call us eight zero one eight nine five four seven two four. If you saw the movie, if you've got hot takes about what you actually thought about it, uh, now that it's out and in there, uh, you can tell us. Uh, reviewers have been strong on it. It's very uh, crappy reviews from viewers for the most part. It's difficult yeah. to say where those are coming from, whether they've seen the movie or not, whether it's part of the previous backlash we talked about last week. But I want to know what Justin Robert Young, uh, correspondent for the new BitTorrent News Network, <laughs> thinks of uh, or thought of that movie. Just give me your what's your what's your big take. Uh, Scott, it's not good. Um, and, and, and for the reason that I love everybody involved in it and they've all done better work, you mm -hmm. know, I, I would kind of challenge anybody who is a fan of everybody involved and just look at Paul Feig and say, does it even crack the top three movies that he's done with yeah. these people? Yeah. Um, it, 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 it's kind of an unfocused movie, uh, and it really kind of makes a very uh, a very weird decision to not set it in the same universe that the original movies happened. And, and, and I think that it is constantly sort of digging itself out of the hole that that decision makes for it because it's also so referential to the movies that it needs to pack in all that iconography of proton packs and ghost traps and Slimer and the logo and... Uh, the firehouse and everything they're, 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 you know, just the world building there. That's so unnecessary. I think just puts it in a hole that it never really is able to recover out of because the characters aren't fantastic. Yeah. Now, would you agree with this though? I'm going to say something a little controversial. I said this on TMS today and I'll repeat it here. The movie is dumb, but so is Ghostbusters one, two. We won't even talk about it. Forget it was made. But in Ghostbusters 1, that's a dumb movie without really talented, funny people in it. I think this movie is better with them in it than it would have been. Had they not been in it, it would have been borderline terrible. 
But with them in it, there's still enough charm there. There's still enough funny. There's still enough. These are some of the funniest people working in comedy today for me oh, to sure. be okay with it. You know, it was okay. It was the most okay movie I've seen in a long time for me. It was disappointing, but it wasn't. It just was kind of right there. It was just kind of right there in the middle for me. Well, I mean, I, I, I would say, listen, it, it certainly is a lot of funny people. Um, and, and there are great jokes in it. Really, my biggest problem was with the story and with the characters. None of the characters really make affirmative decisions for themselves. We don't have a whole lot of growth or arc to the characters. The funniest character in the movie by far, and really a star turn, is uh, Kate McKinnon as Holtzman. Mm -hmm. And she's supposed to be our Egon character, mm -hmm. right? Like, she's supposed to be our kind of weird, odd scientist. Uh, the the Venkman and Ray characters, which are uh, Kate, or, uh, uh, Michelle McCarthy and Kristen Wiig, oddly enough, don't really play to their strengths. Uh, Melissa McCarthy is fairly subdued in the movie, and uh, Kristen Wiig is shockingly normal in the movie. When really her angst is always such a source of how funny she can be. Yeah, you're not wrong about any of that. Also, a horrible. I think the the a horrible misuse of. Uh of uh thor's time <laughs> like he's just uh he's just sort of sitting there doing dumb stuff in a way that is so dumb that there's no way a person would actually be that dumb and it just served nothing for I me I mean, but here's the thing you're right and that character is literally just a one note joke mm -hmm. until he kind of factors into the ending which we can get to after this yeah but at the same time if you don't get those jokes like if those jokes those jokes are funny in the moment they're just kind of empty calories but if they're not there I don't know how funny this movie is, yeah. you know, like yeah. him and, and Kate McKinnon are really the reliable uh, actors to to get laughs in there. And sure, like nobody is really so stupid that when they hear a loud noise, they cover their eyes. But in that moment, because he is very funny in that in that role, you laugh at it. And, and without it, you know, what are the really hilarious scenes in this movie? Yeah, there aren't really too many. There's a few moments where I laughed. Uh, mostly Kate McKinnon lines. Uh, there was a time they wanted me to laugh because uh, Chris Hemsworth thought that the phone was ringing in the... For some reason, he thought the phone inside of the fish tank was ringing and not the one right in front of him. I, I can't do jokes like that because that's beyond the pale of real. Like, that's some vaudeville shit from, like, 1921 on some stage. He's not. Yeah. No, no one's so dumb that they don't know the phone that's ringing is the one right in front of them, not the one that's been buried in that fish tank. Since his interview, because he saw it that time and said fish tanks are like submarines for fish. Uh, yeah. It's just that stuff made me cringe, and I just went, okay, we're really we're going this far. Like, couldn't you've just made it a little more subtle? He doesn't have to be, you know, completely uh, in another planet kind of dumb. You could have made him sort of dumb and dumber dumb, or just lighten up on the dumb a little bit. And then everything else just felt safe to me. Just lots of safe choices, lot yeah. paint by the numbers. None, none of this was like breaking any kind of crazy new ground. They left a lot of things unanswered. Like the dude from the office and from Silicon Valley who was doing the tour, got in the basement, got attacked by the witch thing, ghost. And then what that's, he, he looks like he's about to be murdered, right? And then later, yeah. later he's just walking around on the streets. And all I'm thinking is, oh, well, if this is a paint-by-the-numbers Ghostbusters thing, he's possessed by something and nobody knows it yet. And they didn't even do that. It was just like this dumb side note that they never really paid attention to or answered again. 
And it was a waste of his time. Like, just a waste of... I don't know what he got paid for this, but it's just a waste of that actor. So there's a lot of that going on. I was happiest when, when the banter was good and it felt a little bit improv and, they were, and, the, and these ladies were being real funny. And then those were so far and few between that it was difficult for me to feel like the movie would have been much else without them. In other words, the, old, the, the entire thing hinges on them being who they are. And I don't mean their characters. I mean, these guys are all just genuinely great and charming together. Without that, this movie is a big, stupid pile of stupid. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's that's absolutely true. You know, and I think really the only major disappointment is that they're kind of, you know, I, I would almost shy away from saying safe. Because to me... Safe is having Kristen Wiig play the same character that she was in Bridesmaids. Yeah. It's having Melissa McCarthy play the same character that she played in Bridesmaids and The Heat and and uh, uh, like you know this outsized, crazy cartoon character mm-hmm. like uh, of a, of a person. And really, when you think about that, you're like, well, you know, Mc- McKinnon should have been the Ray character, the mousy uh, person who believes in the occult. Yeah. Which, by the way, they don't have any of those characters in this movie. No. Like in in uh, in in the original Ghostbusters, there was, you know, the 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 face, Peter Bankman, the guy who believed in in the occult, right? Almost in a supernatural kind of way, in Ray, and then you had Egon, who was the scientist, and then Ernie Hudson, the the black guy. <laughs> in this movie, they they have uh, they have three scientists one who apparently differentiates herself in that she's building stuff um and and uh, the black woman yeah in leslie jones who you know whose superpower is that she's memorized the entire new york city uh, wikipedia entry yeah and her and whose uncle who i knew when they said it uh turned out to be oh, ernie hudson which is yeah shocker yeah Jeez. big shocker everybody uh we have a caller on the line uh pop in here and tell us what you think who is this Hi, this is Victor from Nashville, Illinois. Hey, man, what's going on? Tell us your uh, your hot take. Were you able to see the movie? You know, I actually went to see The Secret Life of Pets twice. Oh, man. I, you know, reason, that movie made a bunch of money over the weekend. I guess you contributed to that. Yeah, and the only reason is I had no desire to watch it. I mean, um, you know, my daughter was at that age. She had no desire to watch it. it, it it's like she just like... It's almost like the same movie we watched last weekend. Yeah, see, that's a really good point. Like, I'm going to argue, Justin, that the ghost, the first Ghostbusters movie is basically... Well, this is a retelling of it, but it's just a shoddy retelling of it. Like, it's not it's not even, like, the most important points of retelling it. But I'm telling you right now, if you and I sat down on a couch in Cleveland, where you're at right now, and we watched, yeah. we watched that first movie, we watched Ghostbusters together, that movie doesn't... I mean, it holds up for lots of nostalgic reasons and top comedic minds of their day reasons. But the movie as a movie is kind of garbage. It's not great. That's not true. And you should stop saying that because it damages your credibility. I think it's true. It's not true. It's, it's true. true. It's true. Oh my God. It's not true. Tell me what's good about it. What's good. Ghostbusters is pretty much the gold standard of how to do a world building story without really doing a world building story. They established by through way of very relevant character driven scenes how the proton packs work, how the ghost traps work, where they're storing the ghosts, why it matters that the EPA is coming to shut them down. It establishes in a weird kind of uh, in, in a in a weird kind of uh, Lovecraftian 
you don't really always get the full sense of it, but you get enough of a sense of it to play along the rules for Zool. And, and you know, Gozer and the Gatekeeper and the Keymaster. Like, it, it's, it's this very compelling Dungeons & Dragons spooky story. It also is something that uh, this movie completely, the remake completely ignores, except for the first scene, um, is a... Uh, 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 a horror movie. You know, th there are scenes in which horror things happen that you were to take the context out of it and just show how they're visually framed and how the characters react to them. They could be in a poltergeist or the exorcist or something like that where you're designed to kind of be spooked out. Aside from the opening scene in this movie, they don't do that at all. There's a lot that goes into Ghostbusters. Yes, it's a little bit more of that sloppy late 70s, early 80s filmmaking where things aren't exactly pow, 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 exactly where they need to be. Yes, it has a totally unnecessary scene where a ghost gives somebody a BJ, but it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it is objectively a very good movie. All right, I'm going to say that if... I'm saying it's impossible to say that it's objectively a very good movie. I'm saying I love it, but I'm, I am going to admit that part of the reason I love it is not because it's good. Because if it came out today, if it was fresh, new today, same uh, cast, same thing in 2016, we would be giving this pixels-like attention. I don't think that's that, not true. I don't. That's so not true. I don't know, man. I don't that's know. Like, that is a, that is a pixels is a bad movie. Ghostbusters does things that if you are a filmmaker, you want to emulate. Remember the movie? Uh, this is the end. Uh, the, the the Seth Rogen movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Never saw it, but uh, yes, I know which one you mean. They're all. It's like they're all in the house, trying to be funny while the world's ending outside, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. That what that movie needed was a uh, was a, a a just that layer of Ghostbusters world building. We needed to know more about how you the rules of heaven. We needed to know more about the rules of uh, you know the, the final reckoning of hell on earth. We needed to know how you killed the demons, whether or not they needed to get shards of the esper so they could defeat them right right uh that's what made that movie just a funny comedy and not a great horror comedy mm. and and that's something that if you're going to look at why they're different uh ghostbusters is a horror comedy when things are scary they are played as scary uh, characters act very scared there are lingering shots on exits uh, to build palpable tension and suspense uh, this is, the remake, is a sci-fi comedy. Uh, you know, the ghosts are effectively just aliens, you know? Like, they're not necessarily all that scary. They don't really have any defined rules, and every time that our characters come into contact with them, they have some, you know, except for maybe the first time in, in the mansion, they've got laser guns, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and they work increasingly well, but there's really not a ton of tension. We never really think that one of the Ghostbusters is going to die because of a ghost. Yeah, that's um, true. It did felt that part felt very arcadey to me. And that's and that's where I think you if you're looking objectively, there are moments where you think that our Ghostbusters are in peril because of the way it's shot. Right. But then there's moments where you mean in the you mean in this one or the first one? Hello? Yeah. Oh, uh, sorry. Hello. Can you hear me? Delusia? Yeah, I think I you cut out for a sec. Uh, so, all right, listeners, we want to hear more what you think. I'm, I'm, I mean, we're talking about this new one. It's made me confused because there were parts of it. Like you said something on Twitter that rang with me. You said, uh, 
Oh, how'd you put it? I'm going to find it while I take this call. Hi, you're on the air. Who's this? Hey, this is Marlon from Phoenix. Hey, man, what's going on in Phoenix besides ungodly temperatures and the slow death of human skin? Actually, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. All right. Um, I have to agree with Justin 100%. I uh, The original Ghostbusters for me is the closest thing I have to religion. And especially when Justin was talking about there was no real tension, there was no real um, world building, um, you got a sense of how dangerous the stuff they were using, the proton packs, you know, especially uh, like in the elevator scene of the original Ghostbusters. Egon switches the pack on and then immediately just goes to the other side of the elevator. Yeah. And it's, it's a hilarious moment. And then you, whenever you see the proton streams going off, they're blowing stuff up. It's setting stuff on fire. It nearly kills that on um, uh, the maid. There was never any of that in this new movie. There was never any sense of, like, of danger from these things. Like, when they first go into the, uh, the concert and they first find the ghost, they're literally in a very, very uh, thin hallway just throwing the streams together. I'm going, wait, wait, wait. Are we not doing the crossing the streams bit? No, yes, <laughs> yeah, no? I thought that same okay. thing, actually. I remember that. So here's the funny thing about that whole thing. When they were in the concert, there were a couple of... See, this is what happened. When your tweet said... I've never had a movie um, frustrate me more, you said. Yeah. And in my head, I read that as the way I was viewing it, which was there were some times where something would happen. I'd go, oh, okay, okay. This feels like Ghostbusters. Okay, okay. Now keep the, keep the tone right here. And then it would fizzle out. And, tone, yeah. and, and moments like that were the mannequin coming to life and chasing her down the hall. The, yeah. the devil creature uh, blowing what's-his-name into the back speakers on stage. Yeah. Um, a couple of moments like that where there's like some sort of um, violent suddenness to things. Uh, the guy in the train state or the train tunnel uh, the, the, that was all chained, you know, the old prison guy. Uh, yeah. Genuinely pretty freaky. Uh, so there were moments like that. Where I was like, oh, okay, Ghostbusters, this is where we, this is where you guys can do it now. So I'm okay with the first part being a little slow. Let's now from here on, you can just be who you're going to be. And then they wouldn't do it. Or they would fiddle, they would fizzle out, or they would, you know, start to look like a video game or or something like that. So I completely agree with all of those points. I'm just saying it's made me reassess my overall love of Ghostbusters as a whole. And maybe that's a sad thing. And maybe I need to go watch it again. Maybe I need to see it for the twentieth time and be reminded that the first one is a true classic in every sense. And that this thing doesn't even come close to it. Well, I mean, it's not that it's a true classic, right? Like, I don't want to overblow it, and I think that you are your instinct is correct to uh, properly quantify it, right? Yeah. And quantify why it was good and why we love it. Because I, I think that there tends to be, like, every movie that gets remade that has a disappointing remake was the best movie that was ever made, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And, and there certainly are elements to Ghostbusters that are a little fatty. You know, I just saw it recently. But, uh... What, what I think, you know, here's the other thing that I tweeted is that like, this was, uh, episode one for me, Ghostbusters. Wow. Um, and, and the reason why was not because it was as terrible as episode one, but I think it similarly squandered a really good cast and it fundamentally to me misunderstood why the original movie was as good as it was, mm -hmm. uh, you know, episode one was like, okay, well, what do people like about star Wars? lightsabers and jedis using jedi powers that's what people like and spaceships so we're gonna have a big spaceship battle <laughs> we are going to have 
uh, a bad guy that has two lightsabers stuck together, and we're going to have the Jedis using Jedi powers in every possible situation, even to fix a dice game, which apparently Jedis do, because that's in the Jedi code, is you're allowed to fix dice games. Yeah. Um, so, like, this movie has all the trappings, including a gratuitously stupid Slimer cameo and an even stupider Ozzy Osbourne cameo. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Um, that was pretty bad. But none of the, the the elements that, to me, made Ghostbusters special, which is this. Number one, at first and foremost, it's a movie about starting a small business and all the terror that kind of comes along with it. Our characters are put into a situation where nobody thinks their product is legitimate and they uh, have to uh, deal with the financial consequences. 90% of the movie is spent with them in dire financial peril and the story gets its kick in the ass because Peter Venkman, who we are led to believe for the vast majority of the movie is kind of a POS, Mm -hmm. talks Ray into mortgaging family property to fund this scheme. Right. Like, it is, it is a Peter Venkman redemption tale and uh, a, a story about a small business in a city that's dying so much that ghosts are literally coming out of the ground. <laughs> yeah, it's also, you know, 80, 84, 84 in New York is a lot different. Oh, there's some laughing uh, Republicans there or something. Yeah. Um, so how much, I wanted to ask you this question. How much of this movie do you think was them being afraid? And by that I mean... You know, very early in the production process when casting was announced, the internet backlash took hold and they spent a lot of time defending themselves um, in social media and in the news. And they seemed genuinely, uh, you know, hurt by comments and, and bothered by it and like, wait till you see the end product and I can't believe people are overreacting. And there was all that kind of talk. At the end of it all, it's easy to see that maybe some of this was made um, in, in that shadow. And that, that that maybe affected the creative uh, curve of it all. Do you get that well, sense at all? Like they, they held know, I, back I, and were nervous and didn't want to ruffle feathers or whatever? I very much believe that there was a uh, an, an, an issue for them of, of trying to maybe be too aggressive in areas that they didn't need to be and too reserved to make up for their overreaches. And so... They what, what what you have is is a movie that takes expends all of its chips when it comes to big risks on the idea that these are not in the same universes. This is a reboot, or sorry, this is a remake and not a sequel. Right. Um, and yet, what it has to kind of conserve is the fact that yet they still have to have the same logo and they still have to have the proton packs and they still have to have all these other things, like. If you're going to make it a totally new movie, then make them totally new characters with totally new stuff. Instead, it's living in a world that's made for a sequel, yet it, it, it doesn't get any of the benefits because they made that one big decision. How would it have been had they done, uh, these are the three descended daughters from Egon, Ray, and Peter. Uh, well, well here, here's my pitch for the sequel. My pitch for the sequel is this. Go, the Ghostbusters beat ghosts. They, they, they successfully solved whatever was causing the ghost crisis, right? And it has been 20 years since anybody's seen a ghost. And so now you have, you know, the, the Alex Joneses of the world, uh, you know, or the, the you know, Sandy Hook truthers who are like, well, but really 
did we ever really see ghosts? Like, what is the real evidence that these ever existed? Meanwhile, they reemerge, and now you have four female characters who want to take up the mantle. And you have a ready-made story where people can actually be misogynist to the idea that women can't be Ghostbusters because in this universe, they've only ever known men. Mm. And, and, and that, to me, if, if, if what Paul Feig wanted to do was tell a story that was empowering to young women who could identify with a franchise like this, that's the way to do it because it's literally what they were doing. Yeah. It's literally what the film was doing. So why not just embrace that in, in a more organic way that powers the story and puts us behind our characters. Yeah, and they could have they could have made those the cameos from all the previous cast members could have been more meaningful um, in, in, in ways that would actually have been not just throwbacks or just, a, oh my gosh, I can't believe he's a cab driver in this. Remember when he was Ray? It could have been, no, here he is you know, as Ray, or even if you didn't include those guys, I could not agree more, actually. This is a brilliant idea. Why didn't they freaking do that? You're telling me there aren't people involved in this project who didn't think, yeah, you could totally do this. Like, it's an old story, too. It's like superheroes who, uh, what's the, uh, like, the, the Incredibles. It's the storyline of The Incredibles. Everybody needs heroes until they don't. And when they don't, yeah. people get laxed. And when they get too laxed, ghosts come back. And now we got to start this thing up again. That's a brilliant yeah. idea. And you don't have to waste any time making a new logo in the subway with a stupid reference to the old movie that makes no, no, it, that is nothing but weird fan service that's weirdly given to us. You know, I don't like yeah, the, I, and, I hate and, the movie and, more than we talk. This is like, what's this like? This is like the first Superman movie. I'm doing that same thing I did with yeah. you then. Well, this is like, um, this is basically like them. Uh, uh, I lost my train of thought. I mean, like, like the the movie loses steam every moment that it goes to fan service, mm -hmm. and it loses like the brakes just get slammed every moment that we get a Bill Murray cameo or we get a Dan Aykroyd cameo, or it's like, hey, look, the secretary's still answering phones, <laughs> like. Um, or, or uh, Sigourney Weaver, like, uh, yeah. there's there's just uh, a constant slamming on the brakes so we can tip our cap to the old movie in a way that, like, if you really wanted to do it, then, then just tell this other story. And if Bill Murray doesn't want to be in it, then Bill Murray's not in it, you know? Like, yeah. who cares? Uh, the new Star Trek didn't need Captain Kirk. It was fine just having Spock. You can just do the movie you need to do uh, and, and, and not let it get in your way. Because really, are we all that happy because Bill Murray appeared in this movie? No, it Did was that a, really make anything. It, it was didn't, a weird, awkward, stupid camera. Yeah, it was really it was weird. It had no backstory. It had no had no basis for it. You could care less if he dies. Like, who cared? That was that was super bad. That was real bad. Uh, Dave, you're on the line. What's up, man? Hey, how you guys doing? Good. Justin, you enjoying your trip to the weird corner of our state? <laughs> oh yeah, man. It is uh I'll tell you, I feel like we're 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 crossing the uh access points uh as we speak. It's uh <laughs> it's been super fun so far. Ley lines, exactly. Uh Dave, nice. what's your take, well, man? Well, I was wondering, I guess my question is, do you guys think with the numbers the Ghostbusters did the first weekend with all the hubbub and the controversy is this going to be a movie that gets a sequel with this cast? Um, and it's and the other comment I had was that it's interesting Justin's take on what they should have done because to me that's the difference between what Star Wars did, which is move the ball forward with the same 
uh, same storyline and what Star Trek did, which is basically just rewrite the storyline. I think Star Wars did it better. Um, but as far as the Ghostbusters sequel, you know, what do you guys think? Are we going to see it or not? Wow, interesting question. So, what do you think, man? Are we going to see? Uh, we're going to see part two with all these people. It has to make enough money, I suppose. Uh, well. In, in, in terms of box office, it actually uh, didn't do as bad as people were fearing it was going to do. It did to the north of their projections. Uh, it, it'll probably fall off a little bit. Uh, I, I think that this would depend on the creative team and, and, the, and the stars. I don't know what their contracts look like. I assume they've locked them down for multiple, multiple movies. Uh, but, but ultimately... If, if this is not something that the stars and the creators want to do, it's not going to be as good as it can be. I still believe you can do a great Ghostbusters movie with this cast. And I, I, I think that you can and should get it. In fact, you know, there's, there were you know, rumors and speculation that you could kind of retcon some of the more annoying elements of this movie away by uh, you know, revealing that there was some sort of brain flash you know, at some point, and that's why we see all the people. We see Venkman and Ray and everybody, um, but they don't act like Venkman and Ray. Mm. So, uh, you know, who knows? I, I, I think they should do it. There's no reason why there shouldn't be a good Ghostbusters franchise. And by the way, that stands the reason that even if it's not with this cast, they should do another sequel. There was a rumor that like there was a Channing Tatum uh, a version that they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And and you know let let that version be the sequel and this was the reboot. Yeah, I'd be all right with that. I uh, I kind of hope it does continue because I want to see what they do with it. But boy, the more I talk about it, the more I don't know. It's hard to be forgiving of it. If if these, I mean, for me, the movie is only good because of the people that are in it. There, that's it. And I'm and a lot of that is based on previous things they do. Like part of it was me going oh look at kate mckinnon totally nailing it and yet another thing boy she sure is good as justin bieber like i you know like that that's where i'm coming to from this and if it wasn't for that it's just a really it's just really bad it's just so let's 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 talk about the good though kate mckinnon is exceptional kate mckinnon is kind of uniquely exceptional much in the way that bill murray was bill murray starts off ghostbusters being a weird looking dude with a weird craggy face uh who is clearly just crushing Beaver, right? Like, you know, he is just this, like, like very undeniable Lothario uh, in, in a way that you're like, okay, he's more attractive because he's ugly, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, like, that shouldn't happen, and I don't understand why. Kate McKinnon, and I don't know her personal orientation, but... You know, the, the role seems, uh, and they've hinted, is, you know, a, a, a lesbian. She's funnier because she's a lesbian yeah. in a way that shouldn't necessarily, you know, make a lot of sense. <laughs> like, there are, 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 you know, you shouldn't, your sexual orientation shouldn't determine your, um, your uh, persona. Uh, and, and I think that, you know, there, we're at a point now where we can actually acknowledge, oh, wow, this is a really funny person who is also a lesbian, but that factors into her comedy in a way that maybe we couldn't initially with, you know, Paula Poundstone and Ellen DeGeneres in the, in the nineties, you know, now we're at a point where she can break out and just be a hilarious, you know, a lesbian persona. Like, yeah. and that's great. Yeah. There's nuance there. 
is 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 how I'd put it. She's doing she's doing a nuanced portrayal of potentially. I mean, they're not coming right out and say it, but if she's supposed to be gay, it's not just a stereotype. It's not just. I mean, her a first line boy. is is a is is the bar. Come on, hey, come here often to Kristen Wiig. Right? Oh yeah, big which, time. Which also, I mean, like that's uh, you know, all right. So I just said something uh, good. Now I'll say something bad. It frustrated me that there was really no um, uh, angst between the characters. You know, uh, 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 Kate McKinnon kind of has this little wink, wink, wink romance with or a crush on on Kristen Wiig. Uh, Kristen Wiig has a crush on Thor, and yet we never get any kind of like, you know, Kate McKinnon feeling like she's in a competition with Thor mm-hmm. kind of stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, there's there's really no, you know, except for the fact that they can't afford the ghost house. There's no real money angst. Yeah. You know, there's no like, oh my God, you you held your finger on the proton pack for three seconds too long. Now we have to sell the fish tank, you know? <laughs> right. There's also moments like of just, well, I've mentioned a couple of them before, but when they, they'll just do a dumb joke, like a joke that I wouldn't tell when I was 10. Like, uh, oh, we've blown up a bunch of stuff in the backyard or in the back alley. And one of them was, uh, we fired this experimental thing from, from Kate McKinnon, and it blew up the delivery bike. And now there's the delivery guy shrugging his shoulders. It's not funny. It's not funny. It's just easy. It's like the easiest joke ever. Like, you knew it was his bike when it got hit. And when he came out there to do a delivery, oh, no, my bike. And they linger on the shot. And I just went, all right. That's Paul Feig is supposed to be known for, like, cutting edge, like, you know, hard comedy. That's not, none of it's funny. Like, that stuff's freaking not funny. None of the sight gags worked for me, like, at all. And the only thing that made me smile without trying to was watching Kate McKinnon chew up scene. That, and that was it. You know? Watching her yeah. walk on and, and, and make faces and do stuff, she would make me laugh. Everybody else, eh. Kristen Wiig, freaking love her, but man, just a nervous scientist lady trying to get it done and she's happy to drink coughed up water a uh, coughed up coffee from a a good looking guy like yeah. you know it just didn't work for me that stuff fell flat all of it uh all right uh what else you probably need to go soon right oh wait we got another caller hold on hi you're on the air is this eric yes hello hey, hey man what's going on <laughs> it's going well you guys are talking about the new ghostbusters we are indeed did you go see it we yeah i did okay so uh as much as the world really needs Another opinion of another white thirty-something dude about this movie. I wonder if you get if you guys would like to hear about what my nine-year-old daughter thought. Yes, sure. Okay, so for her, she has seen the old movies. She likes them, but uh, she doesn't have the same love as the rest of us. Sure. Go to see the new one. She thought the scary parts were really scary. She thought the movie was hilarious. She loved seeing the girls doing the action. She had a blast. She had the time of her life. Okay. That was her opinion. All right. She sounds like the girl behind us. We had a girl about that same age who was very loud and kept getting super stoked about scary stuff and screaming when things would pop. And then when they would tell jokes that I thought were dumb, she was laughing her head off. Yeah. So, so, like, maybe, so maybe just maybe this movie's for nine-year-old to ten-year-old girls and boys. Yeah. I mean... Well, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think, listen, there, there are... Like, uh, as much as I, this movie was not my cup of tea, I'm very excited that it did not bomb. I'm very excited that your daughter got to see it and uh, will hopefully get to see a sequel. 
I do hope that uh, this releases a little bit of the stigma, although who knows, considering what a poop show was made around it, um, of, of putting uh, funny women, uh, and specifically those that are over 30 or 35, in movies, because I think that's when they can be at their funniest. This was not my favorite version of it, but hell, I got plenty of actors who primarily do movies that I'm not thrilled with. Uh, for instance, The Rock. <laughs> Yeah, but you'll still watch him because he's great. But I like him and yeah. I root for him and I hope his movies do well, right? Sure, like, sure. and and that's and that's fine. And and hearing the reaction that your daughter had is very very hard. Yeah, she wants to be a Ghostbuster for Halloween. She's all in. Yeah, see, that's I feel great. I feel like on some level that's going to work for the open minded out there. The the for those who fear, I, I, I will say if she gets older and enjoys film criticism, she will probably go back and watch the movie and say it's probably not all. Pro- probably, I mean, we all have had our moments with doing that, but sure. But here's yeah. here's the thing. If um, oh, was I just gonna say? I had a good thing to say, and I forgot already. Oh oh oh, about the the freak out that this was gonna be some sort of message laden, um, feminist agenda movie. Yeah, it's not that at all. It's not even close to that. In fact, I almost wish it was more of that. So at least we have something better to say about it. Like, it's just kind of shit. Like, it's not they don't do anything in there that's like, oh, the controversy. I can't, only in 2016 would you be so bold? No, they just bust ghosts and argue and make jokes and shoot more ghosts and put them in a trap. I mean, that's it. There's no yeah. there's no underlying message. There's no other. Th- in fact, if anything. Like Slimer's girlfriend is the opposite of a good feminist agenda message. Like every, yeah. everything about so that whole Slimer bit. with a bow on with a bow on her head. Yeah, that sucked. That sucked. Lady Slimer with a bow. It's like Miss Pac-Man, and we can all agree Miss Pac-Man's a better Pac-Man game. However, it's the most sexist Pac-Man. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, all right, you've got stuff to do. RNC coverage. Do you want to tell people what's going on so they know where to catch all this while you're there? Absolutely. Go ahead and check out BitTorrent, uh, the BitTorrent News Network. Uh, I think it's just BitTorrent News. i got to stop calling it Network. BitTorrent News. You can find it on BitTorrent Live. Uh, there, There is also, uh, I heard, a, a YouTube stream of it kicking around. Uh, so if you can find that, go ahead and catch it. Otherwise, on Apple TVs, on Fire TVs, uh, just go ahead and search for the BitTorrent Live app. Uh, BitTorrent News is a channel on it, and uh, it is coming soon to Mac, iOS, and Android. But go ahead and hunt for that. Uh, 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 you know, find my, uh, my my Twitter. I'm about to tweet the. Uh, this was late because I had to I had to break some news about this cloak and dagger uh, rules committee thing, um, which which just to give people a little. You want to get excited in the Republican National Convention? Understand this. Uh, what we, we are hearing, what I know for a fact to be at least nine states, what I, I'm, I'm reading on Twitter might be up to 11 states, uh, have all got enough signatures to force a rule, com- a rule committee roll call, wherein they would at the very least make a big public stink in front of the television cameras about how unhappy they are with the prospect of Donald Trump being their nominee. And at the most, actually try and Shanghai... <laughs> Uh, this nomination away from Donald Trump, which is unlikely, but still in play. Uh, you think and, that and when you say that's Trump- unlikely, how unlikely? Like, do you are you pretty convinced that would never happen, or do you think you know all bets are off here? Well, you know, anything can happen in the WWE, but uh, it would be very. Uh, I mean, that would be among the biggest 
political news stories of any of our eras. Like the fact that this doesn't happen anymore and now it would happen so late in the game and so close to election day would be shocking. It would be, it would be a, a news story unlike any other. So the odds are very, very, very much against it. Here would, here's what would have to happen. Number one, the rules committee before this is, I mean, and geez, this, you can watch all this on BitTorrent uh, News. 5 p.m. I'm going to be live, uh, live remarking to all of the speeches. So if you want to watch the speeches, but you want to watch me make commentary and jokes over top of them uh, and references to whether or not Vaporeon needs to be nerfed, then uh, watch BitTorrent News. Uh, but here is, uh, here's the basic gist of it. And somebody's walking with a vibe down the road. Look at that. Great. Um, so uh, hopefully he didn't steal it. So uh, they need uh, right before the the uh, the the convention started, there was a rules committee mm-hmm. where this group of people who do not want Trump to be their nominee wanted to say, "Hey, let's vote to unbind the delegates," meaning that people who, based on the rules on which everybody voted on primary day, uh, they would no longer be bound to those rules. They'd be able to vote their conscience. Uh, then that was voted down. So that was kind of their first, the first blow against them. Then they wanted to call a voice roll. So now it's out in public to say, hey, let's think of, let's, let's re-vote on that now that everybody is here, now that all the delegates are here. Uh, and the head of the RNC, Ryan Spreebus, but preemptively said, hey, by the way, new rule, you can't just call a voice roll call. You have to submit X amount of signatures to us. That happened today. About an hour and a half later, I got word from that organization, which is called Delegates Unbound, uh, that they have, and this is what I have in my hand, is a photocopy of 20 pages worth of nine states with enough signatures to force a roll call. Now, here's the fun part. They have to get this list to the secretary of the convention uh, before uh, a certain period of time. I don't know exactly when. Uh, that lady is now hiding behind armed guards. Yeah, we saw this in your update. That is crazy to me. That's uh, ins- insane. How can she, is that a thing you, is that ever happened for? Like that sounds unprecedented to me. So here's the weird thing. This is not the first time that somebody has tried to do this in recent history. I was told that another candidate, and I don't know if I'm allowed to say their name, tried to do this. However, uh, the secretary said, oops, we just never got it, even though they thought they had gotten it to her. So that's why jamokes like me are getting copies of the list, effectively to prove that it exists. Mm. Wow. This is intense, dude. I can't wait to see how this goes. I don't know why I, I don't know why I want to see the implosion of this thing go off in like a totally weird way, but I kind of do. Because it's awesome. Yeah, it's kind of and awesome. We yeah. get to watch. Hey, listen, man. News is when dog or man bites dog, and we're biting the hell out of some dogs today. <laughs> yeah, let those dogs be bitten. Uh, all right. Who, who bit the dogs out? <laughs> well, uh, that sounds good to me. That's gonna do it, everybody. Thank you for listening, and uh, we'll be back next Monday with a relatively normal episode where we talk about we don't know what yet. We'll let you know. Big thanks. Yeah. Thanks for your Although participation. I'll be, in, I'll be in Philly, so I'll be outside of the Democratic National Yeah, I'll be at the DNC. Exactly. <laughs>
where there where Hillary is hiding behind armed guard. Who knows? Exactly. Uh, Hotline Monday on Twitter. Justin R. Young on Twitter. Follow him for all this going on. It's going to be good. Uh, Scott Johnson as well for me. Hotline Monday at gmail.com is our email address. And write down our number, 801-895-4724. It's going to do it for us, for me, for Justin. We'll see you next time. Say bye, Justin. Bye. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>